Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB and I'm here with Brian. And today we're going to talk about what to do after you finish the tutorial. The topic today is what to do after you finish the tutorial. It's always a good topic. I feel like it's the one most people get stuck on. It's like, hey, I finished the Blender course or the Unreal Blueprint. Now what? Right. To do, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know... I, I, you know, probably a lot of talking points on that, but I mean, at the same point, you know, yeah, I think you you need to realize, I think the biggest starting point is after you finish a Udemy course or tutorial, take away what you didn't know from that, because you probably fully still don't understand what you just did. Sometimes you're just keying in a series of commands because they're there, but you don't really understand what those commands did, fully understand what those commands did, or maybe more of the point, you don't fully understand what those commands are capable of, and you got to do a little bit of homework to kind of fully understand uh, all of the options that you have with a single command, especially like in Unreal or Unity. It's like, you know, there's seven or eight different prototypes for the same command. And when do you use which version of it, which not, you know. But after you finish that tutorial, I think there's a certain point of reflection you have to do to go back, admit you don't know a lot of things, and still do some more research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that happens to me a lot, especially with the uh, older courses I did. I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I'm making progress because I'm just going through every video. Right. Yeah. You kind of give yourself some false legs. Yeah. Feeling That's... like, man, I, I just made this game. But it's like, did you? Could you? Could I ask you to make that exact same game again by yourself? What you See, just learned, duplicate it, just like Ben did, for example. I think no it's probably the most important you know? thing anyone would take away from this is the first thing you should do after you finish the tutorial is ask yourself that question and attempt it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Try to make the exact same thing again. You don't even have to put a spin on the game. Just try to do the exact same thing again. Mm-hmm. See how far you get. And you'll get stuck. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel like, I should have known this. So it's like, well, it's a learning curve, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not graded on a weekly schedule like we were in elementary school and high school. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have even a that. You always like if you stop taking the, uh, the if you stop taking exams or you stop doing questions, you even forgot it. Like when they had those like midterms, I remember it, those midterms were the worst because they would go over stuff from section one, and you would stop doing that because you were already in semester like two. Right. So you were going over other stuff, and you're like, we have to go back. I don't even remember any of that stuff. You expected me to remember the first half of the year? What the heck? Like, what you, right? Yeah, you, what? <laughs> no way. And then your final was like, ah, it's over a whole year. It's like. Oh, I remember oh, okay. the whole year. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's exactly it, right? So, when we start looking at my opinion, what are the next steps? If I take it from a game dev TV standpoint, and I took Unity 2D, I think they're absolutely right. You can jump into Unity 3D, right? Unity 3D is going to reinforce a lot of those same concepts that the 2D course already did, and it's not a prereq to take the 2D course before you take the 3D course. Maybe recommended, but it's not really a prereq because they know they're going to kind of teach you that same stuff again. But that's the importance, right? Everything's always based upon repetitive practice of those same skills. So they become cemented. And most tutorial courses are going to teach you the fundamental basics. And that's something that you really should, at one point or another, have ingrained into you. And 
it should become second nature to be able to generate a ray cast, command a game object to move from point A to point B. Shouldn't have to be Google how to do that. And that should just be, oh, I know what I'm trying to do here. I need to choose a vector. I need to do this. It shouldn't be a mystery because if you can't get the most fundamental parts of your game play down, what are the odds you're going to get the more complex parts of your game to play down? Mm-hmm. You That's know? so true. It's, it's really like everything else. You have to know the fundamentals to be able to play guitar. You need to know the, the, the chords and then how to play the simple stuff. Basketball, you need to know the dribbling drills uh, yep, and all that good stuff. You need to learn the addition, subtraction, all that stuff before you can do anything complex. Exactly. And I, and I do think that game devs courses are the same way. Not mm-hmm. gamedev.tv, just dev courses in general. Yeah, anything, you any know. course you take, any tutorial, you got to understand everything you learned from the first section. I mean, there's a reason that the Unity or the Unreal, even the Unity course, right? They start with console programs because it just kind of instills that very basic level of programming. Yeah. You know, you, you can't skip it. You can't go straight to a Windows app. You may not want to spend so much time in a console application because the world doesn't use console applications for the most part. They may use background services and things like that, but they don't use console apps. Who's who's typing all their commands into a DOS prompt anymore? Nobody. No one. PowerShell, maybe something like that. Some of those levels, but no one's typing into those. Everything wants a you know a GUI interface. But in order to make that GUI interface, I should have a pretty good concept of how a program executes in even a console space. I think one of the best things you can do, especially if taking like the Unreal C++ course, what I've been doing is I'll take the whole entire program we did and like memorize each video and then I'll go back and recreate all triple X and I'll have like a little note with each uh, lesson. So if I forget, right. I'm like, okay, what does the lesson say? Something about uh, variables, the while loop. Okay, so oh, I'm supposed to put the while loop here. Okay. And then I continue on and I'm like, all right, I made the whole thing. Why did I do this? Why did I, why I put that variable there? Why did I do this? What is this doing? Why did I make my own function instead of just doing it all in main? Right. And then all that stuff, and then at the end, I just do it the next day, the next day, the next day, until I can make that and understand why I did it. So it's all clear in my head. I'm, I'm understanding everything that I learned. And it's also cool because you can say, hey, guys, I can make this game really quick. Give me, like, an hour. And you just code the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of learn those fundamental basics. And you got to keep practicing them. You know, if, if I go, again, if I go back to the gamedev.tv courses, if you just went through the X, for example, and you finished it, if you skipped over the challenges or, you know, any of that creative side of it, go back, modify it, and make it your own. Mm-hmm. Because that also will help you learn more about what you're doing. Because you're going to reinforce those same concepts you're not introducing stuff from the next lesson you're doing the exact same things you're just doing it again over and over you know don't maybe go crazy on refactoring your code that refactor were important but at the end of the day understanding obviously you're saying do while loops and for loops again they're all basic constructs you better have a good grasp on the syntax and how they operate before you can go on to more complex things mm-hmm. that's why most tutorials on programming they always start off with like arrays um, if and while loops basic concept variables it's always the same thing and sometimes you get tired of it but you're like no nah, it's good to keep going over it over it over right. it yeah 
Yeah, the only time I get tired of it is when I'm taking a intermediate course. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, really? You're going to go over integers yeah. again? Okay. I mean, or I've done, I've seen the same thing at intermediate level programming books. It's like, this is an intermediate book. Why are you telling me what an integer is? We should be beyond this. Exactly. But you do cover some of those basic compass, you know, uh, concepts again. But if we take this question back to where do we go from the Unity course, the Unreal course? I'll be honest, I haven't finished the Gato course, you know. Yeah, neither. Um, I only got to the third section. No, Heister. I didn't even finish the bunny one. I got like halfway. I mean, I got past the second one either. The second one was a Flappy Birds one or no, it was the whatever it was. Looney Lips. It wasn't, but yeah, I think it was Looney Lips. It wasn't part of my um, end goal. That's why I didn't uh, finish it because I was like, do I really want to know the God of Course? I don't even know Unreal yet. Like, what do I want to learn before I... So I took I took Gato one because I don't know I, I guess I like collecting programming languages in my brain even though I don't know any of them thoroughly. Um, the idea of learning Python has a lot of appeal and it probably has a lot of appeal for a lot of people that are taking this you know these courses. Python's a very common language, especially in like network engineering, system management. If you're into Linux, you know Python's a very common programming language. So it's like I can see the appeal of learning Python. The Gato course I just didn't really get deep into yet. I'll get into it more eventually, but I just didn't get into it far. But if I take Unity course, which I think GameDev.tv has fleshed out more, I can go from 2D to 3D to the RPG course. Yeah, that's a big, you know, too, yeah. And on the Unreal side, I can go from the Unreal course to the multiplayer course, and there might even be another third one. Is there a third one? Um, well, there's, there's the Blueprints course, too. Yeah. And really, you could go from the Blueprints to the C++. Honestly, yeah. To the multiplayer. And I think that would be a very good progression, because I think... I always still say blueprints are are important to Unreal. Whether you think that it's all just you should be C++ purist, you still seem to go back to blueprints for one thing or another, even on a minimalistic aspect. And I still think you're cutting yourself short by saying, no, I'm not going to use blueprints. Fine. Spend your time coding something that you could do in a fraction of the time in blueprints, find out it doesn't work, and strip it back out. May not be worth it. I can do it in blueprints. I'll do it that way. No, I agree. Blueprints are amazing. And after taking that Unreal Blueprint course, it's like, why did I not understand blueprints more? Because it's so good. You can just... You There's can just, a lot to it. Yeah. It's like, right? you do so much more without really going deep into like the coding side, even though you're coding essentially. Course is, the Blueprints course is great, and it very much mimics, in a sense, the C++ course, right? Because a lot of the same constructs in C++ are the exact same commands you run in Blueprint, just in a different way. So either way, you have that learning curve of what do I need to call in order to do something? It's, you know, whether you're instantiating something in Blueprints or instantiating something in C++, you still need to know the instantiate command that you have to run in order to do it, or a transform command or whatnot. It doesn't really change. It's just that Blueprints, the nice thing about Blueprints is I think, I wouldn't even say they're more forgiving. In some ways, they can be very complex to kind of follow along as they yeah. are. They um, can get really messy if you're not keeping track of them. Right, you know, but they are more manageable, maybe, dynamic. You can get in there, make a quick change, run it, see if it fails, 
and not have to recompile the entire project every time, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. It really is. It doesn't take as long, and if it crashes, you might get Unreal to not open, and you're going to have to like delete the last code, save exactly. what you just did, and you might have to get version control. It's a lot of things that get messy that if you just use Blueprint, would have been fine. And you could do breakpoints, exactly. and it shows you exactly where it broke, and then it's, yeah. it's so nice, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And I do feel like sometimes the biggest learning gap to go from what you do next is the game dev to you know courses are are great but i feel like they only kind of scratch the surface of really what those editors allow you to do too you need to really get into the unreal editor you need to get into the unity editor and really understand those as well there's a lot of tools built into the both those game engines that we just kind of scratch the surface on Mm-hmm. There's you know? so much that hopefully when we get a YouTube channel up, we can start scratching the surface. Of more- yeah, that would be the intention, right? We can kind of showcase some of that and, and put some of that out there of what we've learned and, and the, 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 I wouldn't say tips and tricks, but just kind of exposing what's available. I mean, like we touched on the profiler a little bit and, you know, in the courses, but you don't really get a deep into debugging your court, your projects right you do but not you know there's a lot of aspects of it right i mean you play games and it's like oh you submit you can submit a bug report from your game would any of us know how to read a bug report from a game that we wrote that's just a bunch of data that's dumped to us maybe not those are things that we'd have to kind of learn and flush out how we manage those things Uh, you know but i i would say back to the big question at hand is where do you go from there from any of those tutorial courses and i'll stick to the gamedev.tv because quite honestly it's the ones i know the best or you know any of the youtube tutorials that you may watch is watch them implement their code and re-implement it into a different not a different project but a different scenario and see if you get the same results sometimes you do sometimes you don't i was following along on that blueprint course the other day and i don't know what i did wrong but i thought i followed gavin to the t and i could not get I don't remember what lesson it was, but I could not basically get the transition between the blend spaces to work properly. I thought it was a version difference between, I think I was running 4.2.2 and he was running like 4.19 or something. And I was like, well, is it a version difference that's broken something? Because like even his screen was different. His screen, you know, you could wire from an execute pin to an execute pin on one of the commands. And I don't remember what it was. The version of... Unreal that I have installed doesn't have an execute pin on that same widget, which is weird. And I thought I was doing something wrong. But then, lo and behold, I downloaded his Git source, loaded it up, told it to load it into version 422, 420, whatever they're on right now. Ran just fine. Could never figure out what I didn't do right. But his source worked fine. You know, so, I mean, there's certain level where obviously I'm missing something fundamentally that I don't know. There's a knowledge gap there, right? I'm going to go back to that video. I'm going to watch it again. And I think that's part of it, right, is some people might say, oh, I'm just going to move on from that. I can just download that source and just kind of start fresh again and and move on. I, I know the knowledge. I know what I need to do. But it's like, but how do you fix it? You need to know how to fix your problems, too, because it's not going to work the first time every time. Yeah. You got to know how to read the documentation. I suck at reading documentation for these engines. I, I suck, too, but I'm really <laughs> enjoying it now. 
Like before, it was like, what is? I I don't know. But now I'm like, it's a little bit brighter. Like looking through like a keyhole, I was like, oh, it's I get it. And then it's like, all right, I don't know what the hell anything that means. But right there, all I need just needed that. I'm good. Uh, Unity's a little bit easier for me, but um, I'm getting better with Unreal. Yeah. But the Unreal side is tough because the concepts of how they do C++ is... They don't have a lot on it. And if they do, it's a little bit outdated. It's a little outdated, or they use some C++ concepts that are, I'll call them beyond basic level. And you would think for to use C++ as kind of your quote-unquote scripting language for the system you you got to get into the pointers and the references and you know you get into some really kind of complex concepts pretty quick in c++ you know that you didn't get into with say the unity course because you didn't need to they didn't really the unity engine is just structured different Mm -hmm. so i i do find that picking up the unreal course first especially someone new to programming it might not be the easiest task. Yeah. But hey, sometimes you want to do the thing that's hard. Right. Well, yeah. I don't, cool, I don't right? Disagree. Do what's hard now so that life's easier. <laughs> yeah, and I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I think it's just that you got to realize there's a bigger learning curve. And there's going to be a lot more practice you have to do. You know, but if, if I mean, if I take, if I take the core that I learn in Unreal or Unity, I should be able to take that to a lot of different game designs. I'm not going to make the next World of Warcraft. I'm not going to make the next Fortnite based on that knowledge. But I can create a lot of games with what they've taught and clones of existing games as learning platforms to kind of solidify my skills with what they've taught. You know, you, you look at, uh, I gotta go back to the courses. Um, I mean, you look at, uh, say, Brick Breaker. You know, it's, it's a standard Brick Breaker game, but there's a lot of games that are kind of built within that model. You can very easily make a game that's a Brick Breaker game. You could very easily take the Zombie Runner game and, and create your own first-person shooter. You know, no, is it going to be this huge masterpiece of a game? Well, no, of course not. It's not going to be... But who's who's trying to make the masterpiece the first time out, right? We already know that that's a pipe yeah, dream at cool. best, yeah. right? You know, you, there's, you look at some of these games and you realize that there's a lot of people that are building these games. It's not just one developer. In some cases, yeah. there's great games out there that are a couple developers and that's it, right? Yeah, those are great. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's not everyone's reality. Exactly. You know, you, you take Laser Defender, you know, uh, a, another game that's kind of a clone of a game, and, and certainly you can make that your own. Glitch Garden, you can make your own, and, and you can add a lot to that. Tilevania, side-scroller, 2D game. Obviously, that game you can make your own and get very elaborate on it. Um, if I if I kind of go back to your next steps, it's going to come down to, to me, a lot of where your shortcomings are too, right? Like in a lot of these games, I, I think a lot of people, they might be best off going to the Blender course too and really understand creating animations because that's going to be their hiccup. 
they need graphics to put in their games. Mm -hmm. And they need something more than a project boost or a realm rush is going to provide. You know, they want if they if they do a zombie runner, they want to skin their own character. Great. I more than excited for you to do it, but you you got to go hit that blender course and kind of figure out how you model the character, how you create an animation, how you record the animations and import them into Unreal or Unity or whatever, or go to the asset store and download stuff. Animate yeah, they stuff have a bunch can. of free assets in they Unreal. They do it every month. They'll release new free ones. And they all require a little bit of work to get them into the system. Mm-hmm. I've never imported anything from the asset store that I didn't feel like I had to kind of manipulate to make it work properly. You know, unless it's a static mesh, you know, if I'm putting an object in there. But any of the animations, they all seem to require quite a bit of work. No and I'll have to go back to those, and they'll have to go back to those animation sections and watch them again because it's an area that's I wouldn't say confusing to me, but it's not my core area of interest. So I do kind of gloss over that section. But obviously, on most games, it's very important at the same time. But depending on what you're making, you're making, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, it just depends. Like you take a Project Boost, for example, you can do a lot to that game to make it your own. And you don't need a lot of graphics. You could start throwing in fuel consumption, uh, kind of mess with the physics a little bit, rotation speed, different kinds of fuels. I mean, I could go on and on on, on potential power-ups and and goals on how something's met. You can kind of, there's an old game called Choplifter that basically you used to fly a helicopter and try to rescue people from little buildings and you had to fight the little guys along the way. But you had to land, they'd all run into your helicopter and you'd fly on to the next one before you returned to base. Honestly, you could do the exact same thing in Project Boost. You could give it an angle other than getting from launch pad A to launch pad B. Mm-hmm. Something in the middle. Give it a challenge. You know, give it something. There's, I think when I look at beyond any of the basic courses or intermediate courses, there's a lot of customization you can do with what you've learned to make it unique and to further your skills. Yes, and that, that segues into what their end game is. So, like, are you guys trying to build an indie studio? Are you guys trying to go work at a video game studio? Or are you trying to just continue learning and, and plan on doing another tutorial, another course? You have to ask yourself, what is it you're trying to do? Yeah. Then you, let's say, for instance, you want a job at Naughty Dog. Go to the Naughty Dog page, go to careers, look up whatever you want to do, and then start looking at the requirements and build a plan for yourself. All right, well, I need to know 3D math. Well, it looks like there's a math for right. games course. Maybe that should be my next plan of action. Or if you want to start your indie studio, who should I contact first? Maybe I need some developers. Maybe I should write a business plan, figure out what game I am going to make and how I'm going to make that work. Or if you're going to do another tutorial, figure out what you want to learn next. What interests you? What, is your, what are you passionate about? Those are things you're going to have to ask yourself to decide what is going to fit your end game. Right. And that's obviously very individual. The, the end game goal. I mean, I, I'll tell you my initial end game goal was really I started with the, un, the Unity course because I wanted to learn C Sharp. And I didn't necessarily, you know, I, I love gaming 
and I love the kind of world that people create in them. It wasn't really that I wanted to build games. I wanted to learn C Sharp to kind of help with my professional career. When was this? And, jeez, uh, I mean, whenever the original Unity course came out, right? Exactly. So that was about... That's exactly when I came on, and I was like, I'm doing this just so I can learn programming. Right, exactly. And I don't remember how long ago that was, but that had to have been a good... It was four years ago, around there. Four, was it only four years? Yeah, well, at least for me, it was around 2015. Probably the end of it or beginning of 2016. Probably the yeah, beginning of 2016. Could be, yeah. You know, so around then, you know. So I kind of took it to kind of further my development skills for work. I don't do a lot of software development at work, but there are times when kind of the ability to do so is is beneficial. I mean, after taking the course initially, I was able to kind of go in and, and not not muddle my way through a program. I wrote a program that was C-sharp based, IIS based, that interfaces with our phone system to push content to our phone displays when calls come in. And it's all, you know, kind of web requests and so forth, but it's a whole C-sharp SQL backend that I think that the course kind of solidified some basic concepts and kind of gave me more confidence, to be honest, that I could tackle a project. Did it cover the content that I needed? No, not at all. I mean, it did in certain aspects, but when you're kind of programming for an API, it's just different, right? Because it wasn't geared towards Unity at the time. I mean, it was it was geared towards talking to a Cisco phone system and talking to Cisco phones and to a SQL backend. So it was a very different concept that were never even introduced. But I didn't have a problem writing it. it took me just a few days to write the program. Nice. You yeah. feel like you've achieved most of your uh, end game? You still on the path? No, I I don't think so at all. To be perfectly honest, um, I mean I think if I look at my end game, I'd like to write a game. Nice. You okay. know, and I have I have a lot of game ideas that I'd like to see kind of come to fruition. Whether it ever happens or not, comes out of time more than anything else. You know, I don't know if I have enough time to kind of work a project like that into my schedule, but I'd like to. So I need to find small projects that I think are viable. I'd like to see it be a monetized project that actually generates a revenue of some form. I'm okay with not a huge revenue. You got to start somewhere. You can't be, I can't make a multiplayer game like a supercell and think that I'm going to have the next Clash of Clans come out. You know, I might have an idea bouncing in my mind of a replacement for a Clash of Clans style game, but at the end of the day, I don't have the resources to make it right now. It would just take too long and not be worth it to me. But I am looking at smaller projects that are feasible in a time frame of a year or two. You know, but I have to get some other, like the YouTube channel you brought up earlier. I think that's another point that I would kind of like to delve into. It's not a revenue generator necessarily, but uh, at the same time, kind of the teaching aspect, it forces you to learn to be able to explain it to others and will further anybody's, you know, quality of their skills 
if they have to be forced to teach somebody else how to do something, then they're going to have to figure it out. And I just think that that's another great aspect that, you know, exists, kind of become an instructor, essentially. That'd be exciting. That's a path that could be your angle. What's your goal? Well, let me do all the tutorials, learn about every little thing, and then teach everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they're always looking for new instructors, so maybe right. I'm a game day of that TV instructor. Nobody's stopping you. No, exactly. You know, and, and that could be a, a good goal. I, I don't know if that's, you know, where I'll head, but it might work better within my schedule than building a game. We'll see. You know, mm-hmm. If I can get the right team built, maybe building a game is realistic. But I think going through the YouTube channel concept might help build that team, too. I feel like we it, can make it work out. We'll figure it out. We got a little game coming out. We'll get that snowball game somehow. Yeah, we'll get the snowball game. I think, you know, we were thinking of a spy hunter clone. Um, you know, I think that we, we could sit back and we can look at a lot. You know, we could look at a lot of game concepts. I mean, I can go through what Atari did 20 years and 30 years ago and find a lot of quote-unquote low-tech games and make them a modernized version. And you can do that with what you learn in the course but again, you might have to go back and learn a little more again and, and relearn something. But I certainly think it's doable. I mean, take Asteroids, for example. It's not like that game was complex, right? Score at the top, a couple of lives, a little spinning ship in the center that flew across the screen shooting asteroids. How hard is that to really reproduce? Yeah. To reproduce it as a fully polished game might take you some time. Mm-hmm. But the initial concepts... It should take you probably a day. Right. I mean, and I can't think of any single concept in that game that you didn't learn in GameDev.TV's courses mm-hmm. for either Unreal or Unity, although being a 2D game initially would lead me towards more of an Unreal, on Unity engine game. You know, even the Spy Hunter game, it's a car on a vertical scroller game shooting other 2D cars, running them off the road. There's not a lot in that game, pickups, transitions between maps. I mean, there's really not a lot that you didn't learn in the course. Pac-Man. Is there anything in Pac-Man that you can logically conceive that you didn't learn? Recreate that Pong. Seems easy enough. Yeah, pong? That seems easy enough, too. Just right? A couple paddles, a little bit of physics. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. It's like, so there's a lot of, while they didn't build it in the course, you should be able to reproduce these games. If and you're paying attention, doing the challenges, focusing. Right. Yeah. And if you weren't paying attention and doing the challenges, you might have to defer back to the course, yeah. but all the content's there. And for some games, you don't have to go past the first tutorial or two to find all the concepts. You know, there's a lot of avenues for you to continue learning on that. I mean, I can probably just sit here and rattle off tons of games if I wanted to that are relatively straightforward, you know, even even low tech on the graphics because they weren't complex animated sprites. They are in most cases, some of these games, I mean, Pac-Man out of those games that I mentioned were the most, you know, Pac-Man was the most animated sprite out of them all, a little character with his mouth opening and closing. The rest of them, I mean, the car for Spy Hunter, eh, a 2D sprite. 
with some particle effects. Pretty much all you need. You know? Nothing else. Keep it simple. We're not trying to make the next uh, World of Warcraft. Not yet. Yeah, not yet, though. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. One day. (laughs) Well, you know, and even take a World of Warcraft. And obviously, there's a lot of aspects that weren't covered, you know. But in a lot of ways, you break down those tasks into much smaller tasks. I think that's also another thing that people can... But um, it reminds me, it's like, even... So, after you do a tutorial, you can also go and find your favorite games and be like, hmm... I really like this mechanic from this game. Let me go create, recreate it, figure out how they did it, and stuff yep. like that. Yep. Go test yep. your skills. And if you get yeah. lost, go back. Maybe there's a tutorial that has it. Or if not, go somewhere else on YouTube. Check other game dev. Right. You and figure out what they and, have out there. there. There's a lot on YouTube that you can kind of learn from, you know, obviously, and on the Internet in general. And as you mentioned, YouTube for kind of going back and mimicking gameplay. Certainly... That is definitely something you can do. You can take like a, take a Rust or Fortnite and recreate their building system. You know, the GameDev.tv courses didn't cover kind of that building system very well. You know, mostly not during runtime. Not saying you couldn't muddle your way through it, but it's like there are other resources that could teach you it. And they gave you a solid foundation on where to go and how to do it. It's just kind of seeing maybe, like you're saying, look at someone else's code if they're sharing it and, and see what they did. Sometimes it's not the best code. You can download assets off of both stores, sometimes paid, sometimes free, and you can read their code and see how they did it and then see how you would modify that code to make it better because in a lot of cases, those codes can be optimized. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, take gameplays that you, you find fun and enjoyable and, and remodel them. Find a simple game you can build within what you've learned. Okay. And do it. Yeah, just like, do it. Right? Finish it. Even if it's bad, finish it. We don't we're not going to all make a home run the first time out. But what a sense of accomplishment if you finished even a bad game. Yeah, well, that wraps that up. Just make sure you guys know your end game, your vision, where you want to go, how you're going to get there, and then start taking the course of action. You're going to go uh, learn about the job requirements. You're going to learn about how to start your indie studio. You're going to learn what's the next thing you're passionate about. Go figure it out, and you can get moving on with your game dev journey.